Tonight we're hanging with the boys. Yeah, we're going out. We got the billboards. Getting stupid and feeling proud. We're going to make a lot of noise. Turn the music loud. Johnny O'Mara. Hands up for them real ones. Them good girls and them billboards. Hands up for them real ones. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Bill Buds Popcast. I'm your host, JPC, with me as always, my co-host, with the host, Johnny O'Mara. Johnny, how is it going? It's going absolutely great. And can I tell you why? I, this yeah, is, I, I saved this. I'd love to, to hear why. Honestly, I would love to hear why. A few days before Christmas, the the water dispenser in our fridge broke. Oh, so our fridge could not dispense water, and it could not make ice anymore. And that Ooh. has been devastating. And yeah. this week it got fixed, and it's been it's been huge. And it was like, a, that's like a month with no... That's a long was, time. No. Let me ask you this, Johnny. So do you, you have a water dispenser on the outside of your fridge, right? Like it's, yes. It, yeah, okay. Yeah. How often do you have to change that filter on that thing? Um... Every couple months, it's not not a, not an unreasonable frequency, I don't think. Okay, but it, it, pretty easy to do, I assume. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah I always wondered that with with, with like people who have uh, fridges that dispense water. I'm like, is this a, a legit thing, or have people bought the fridge and never replaced the filter? Like I, I'm. I'm a big filter pervert, though. I'm not going to let... It. As soon as that says change filter, I'm changing the filter. Oh, I mean, my my Brita... Uh, I think it's a Brita. I think that's the brand that I have. We have... You know, we don't have water on the outside of the fridge, so we have, like, a filter or, mm-hmm. uh, a, you know, container inside. Yeah. Um, it just started blinking red today, and I immediately went and started grabbing that n- n- next filter oh, yeah. to go in. I mean, it's just like, you gotta. You gotta. You gotta. Well, that's really exciting, Johnny. I, I love that news for you. And we, you know, I was trying to do some of my own troubleshooting. One of the things that I read is that sometimes the water tank can get frozen, so we completely uh-huh. defrosted the whole fridge. Oh, Jesus. That that's, a, that's a process. That didn't do it. But it was, not, you know, I got to clean it out real nice, which was a little added bonus. It is, it is, I, that's such a satisfying feeling to, um, to like, I don't know, I'm, I'm a big fan of a deep clean. So when you have to do something anyway, when you're like, shit, the thing is broken, it has to be fixed mm-hmm. to, to clear everything out and then being like, well, while I'm here, I might as well like, you know, clean it in a, in a way that I wouldn't have cleaned it. I do, it's a, it's a very satisfying thing. I'll tell you what was really nice. When we, when we moved here, the, the previous owners, paid for a cleaning service oh. to come through. I don't know if it's the owners or the realtor, you know, someone that wasn't me, paid for a cleaning service to come through and, like, do a deep clean on... That's nice. After they moved all their stuff out. So we, like... Because normally when we when you move in, you do that yourself. Sure. We didn't have to do it, and it was great. I'll be honest. When, when we moved into our, our place, we... So when we moved out of our old apartment, we hired a cleaning service to come in and do like a deep clean just because we, we didn't want to deal with anything. We were just like, if we yeah. just leave it and some... And, you know, then we can just leave and we never have to come back to the apartment again. Um, but when we moved into this place, we were like, what if we got a deep clean before we moved in? And then we like moved in and we were we were here like the day before we moved in, kind of just like walking around. 
and we were like, this place is so fucking clean. Like, <laughs> they did, Who I mean, whoever lived here before us, they did, like, a really, really good job. Like, it wasn't, you know, I mean, we, we couldn't find dust places. We were like, this is... Dang. Yeah, like, tops of doors and stuff like that. We were like, oh, for sure, no one dusted up here. But I, I think we either... We either bought it from some people who were, like, very clean or maybe they had a service come in and clean because they had kids. So I'm like, something had to happen. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's it's moving into, like, a clean place. It's huge. Huge. And I like things clean. Johnny, I similar to your uh, fridge uh, thing going out, a problem that I have been dealing with is our, like, light out in front of our house. Um, it just flickers and I'm not sure if it's like a, it's, it's a, it's a time sensor. So the light will come on when it's dark and turn off when it's, you know, when it's light outside and something about, it's like some sort of motion sensor or something. But, uh, what I've, what I eventually figured out is that if you've cleaned all of the, like turn off your power, like turn off the breaker to the outside and cleaned all of like the, the place where the light screws in, I, the, the word is escaping me now. Socket? Socket. You clean the socket and clean the light. And if you've done all of that and it's still flickering, you probably just have to replace that thing. So it's still flickering. Uh, and now I'm like, oh, I have to replace it. But I've been putting it off because I don't want to call an electrician to do it. So now when I see it flickering, I just take the light out until I'm ready to go to bed. <laughs> and then I open the front door and screw the light back in and say, like, whatever happens oh, so when I'm Oh, you just unscrew it like a quarter turn? or yep. Yeah, quarter turn, leave it in there, and then it's dark out there and it doesn't flicker. And I think if, that I'll probably be doing that for the next, I want to say, seven months before I call someone to be like, will you come and replace this? If you need a wreck, right? We just had an electrician out not that long ago. They were great. I'm gonna have them out again soon. I, we love so. a wreck. I mean, we we uh, yeah. I, mean, I I I would love an electrician wreck because I'm assuming that this is a very small job. I wish I had something else for an electrician to do. I installed the motion sensor light, um, two motion sensor lights in our backyard too. I was very proud of myself. Really, it was very very easy. They were battery operated, so it's it was not very <laughs> so hard to just, install. I uh, I, I screwed uh, them in. I, I mounted them. Yeah. I, I replaced – we have some recess lighting. I replaced all the recess lighting in our kitchen. Uh, it's fun to be handy if – Johnny, you're like – I probably want to say 100% more handy than I am. But I I have great satisfaction in doing a very minor handy thing. I'm like – it makes me feel great for a minute. I, I love um, – I love doing a, a big project and then being like, yeah, oh, yeah I did it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't. I mean, I I love accomplishing a project, but if it's like a – we tried to mount something. Um, Mariah bought like pegboard and she, we tried to mount it and it came with these like long screws and we were just hitting concrete like in the wall behind me. And I'm like, I don't know how to do this. I don't know what happens now, but now what happens is we call someone to do it because I've exhausted my expertise. <laughs> if there's concrete we, in this wall, I can't help you. I have some some friends. I won't. I won't blow them up on the show, but they moved recently and they had to mount a couple TVs and they were like, they called me and they were like, can you just do this for us? Yeah, it's, <laughs> I, there's so some things mount, I can't do. you need me to mount anything. I've, yeah, I just, there, when it starts, when, it, when we get into drilling holes into concrete, that I'm, I, I tap out. My, my tools, the tools that I own, they tap mm. out. They tap out at that. They don't, they don't drill holes into concrete. That's someone else's tools. Fair enough. Um, we had a, when we first moved in. We had like a the guy with the for AT and T like to do hard wires, um, for, you know, because for streaming and podcasting or whatever. And he brought this drill that he had to drill through the foundation. And this thing was like a foot and a half long, and it was like, oh, it was fucking gnarly. And I was like, that is. 
that it, it looked like a weapon. Like it looked That's fun. Yeah, it was it was pretty sick looking and it went through the foundation of the house. I was like that's there's like foundation dust blowing around in here. That's pretty cool. Wild. Yeah, it's pretty cool. That's like an archeo- archaeological dig. Yeah, it, it it felt like that. It felt like he was like a tomb Getting an, raider. Yeah. Or when they get the core the cores of like arctic ice. Yes. <laughs> Uh, well anyway johnny today we're talking about lincoln park's hybrid theory on the podcast uh this is an album that you brought to us so would you like to go first and and let me know and the listeners eh, fuck them really I, it's more of me that wants to know what your experience is with uh the lincoln park's debut studio album hybrid theory i mean this came out in 2000 yes and it, it was just absolutely everywhere on like, you know, alternative radio, oh, yeah. which is what I was listening to at the time. And it it was, um, first of all, it was inescapable. And it was one of the, f- one of the earlier CDs that I owned. Um, it, it, you know, I probably started getting my own CDs in like, I don't know, 1996, 1997. So this was pretty, you know, it's not like I was getting, you know, I was getting a couple a year at most. So yeah, I was gonna say when you were a kid at that time, it's not like you had like an extensive CD collection. Like I remember, I had a few CDs. Like I did not have a ton of CDs. Ex- exactly. I'll, I'll tell you what, my dad was. He had a membership to the Columbia Record Club. Sure. So there, there was a, a brief period when when he did have that, where he would, you know, you could get. I don't know, 12 albums a month, some, some ridiculous yeah. number of albums a month. It was like 10 for a penny or something. And then like, 10 yeah, for it, a pound. yeah, 10 for a penny, 10 for a pound. Um, so, you know, every so often he'd be like, Hey, you want to pick a CD? Um, I don't believe this was one of those, but this was in very heavy rotation in middle school. Very heavy. I, I also owned this CD. Um, and I did, again, I did not have a lot of CDs. I had two copies of Smash Mouth's Astro Lounge. Don't ask me how that is the case, but I know at, at some point I definitely had two copies of that. Um, what else did I have? I know I had an Offspring CD. I got a Foo Fighters CD that had a parental advisory, so it was taken away from me. Um, and I, I I did not get to listen to that more than a couple times. Same with a... Which, I had which an, Offspring CD was it? Uh, was it Americana? The one with the bug and the boy yeah, in the yeah. swing? Yeah. Yeah, we'll do Sorry. that. We'll do that eventually. Of course. I also had uh what was the other fucking CD that I know that I had? Um I had the first Smash Mouth uh, uh album too cuz uh, Astro Lounge was the second one. Yeah. And then God, what? man, I can't wait to do Astro Lounge on this fucking show. I know. I, truly, truly. There what was the other what was the other fucking like I said, you you had I had like ten CDs to my name for a long time, and then mm-hmm. there came a point in high school where you would just burn stuff, and then you had those like big thick binders of CDs. But this was like b- before when I had just had like jewel cases stacked on top of each other. I have the binder that I had in my car in high school in my basement right now. So if we ever want to just dive in there, and we don't. Oh, uh, the one I couldn't think of was because again I was thinking about new metal. I had a Limp Biscuit CD. I had chocolate Ooh. starfish and the hot dog flavored water. I had that jewel case and everything. <sighs> so I mean, I, I, here's the thing, Johnny. I was thinking about this with Lincoln Park as well. This you, you certainly um, 
radio was still really big, you know, in 2000, and I would listen to a lot of music on the radio, and kind of whatever was on the radio was thrown out. This album, I think, had four or five singles, so there was uh, a lot of radio play going on. I was, I didn't realize how many singles this album had, but I, because it well, was very successful. It was a very yeah. successful album, so they kept putting out singles for it. Well, and for for me, like learning how many of these, I thought there were only two. I I thought it was. Um, Oh, no, there I were guess. there were two, <laughs> and then they added three more. So you were you, you're not wrong, but there were basically two. But this album was on such heavy rotation for me that like I know all of the songs equally. You know what mm-hmm, I mean? Like mm-hmm. none stand out as singles because I would listen to it so much. Oh, so I I don't even I was gonna say I don't recall listen. I know I owned this album, but I don't recall listening to it like a ton i don't recall it being like on a on heavy rotation but i certainly heard those singles oh man backseat of the car with my portable cd player with 27 second anti-shock technology wow no skips on that bad boy Mm -mm, mm -mm. and those like shitty over the ear like headphones oh Oh, my god yeah those are the days well i mean yeah so if you if you were not if you were not um uh, uh growing up in that era when this music was coming out, then, I mean, there's really no other replacement for, like, the weird end of radio. Because that's, like, the end of radio. That was the end of music on the radio to yeah. to a certain generation. Because uh, this is all before streaming, and it was all before, it was before, like, Pandora. It was before all of that stuff. Yeah, this was, I mean, this was, like, deep Napster Kazaa days. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, just just absolutely, absolutely wild. Um, but yeah, but that was my experience. I don't really think, I think alternative radio stations presented a lot of new metal to me, and I took it mm-hmm. in because it was the thing that was available at that time. But I was thinking about this. This is, hybrid theory is like the peak of new metal. Like new metal was like, Mid '90s to like early 2000s. That yeah. was the bit, and the, and this album was like the culmination of like this was the new metal sound. It's so interesting because you're not you're completely correct. I don't when I think new metal, I don't think Linkin Park. I think Limp Bizkit. You know what I mean? And oh, they, really? Yes, and they could they couldn't they couldn't be more different to me. You know what I mean? No, uh, I don't know what you oh, mean. Oh, that's. To me, they're almost exactly the same. That's so interesting. Like Lincoln Park, Corn, Kid Rock, all of that was on was b- b- being piped into the same like delivery system. That this just feels like all of that to me. To me, but is it, it, it is Park, new metal. Uh, oh, for sure. Is Lincoln Park if like 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 theater kids did new metal or you know it's it feels like artsier not not necessarily successfully artsier but you know what i mean yeah i don't know i was trying to think trying to like nail down the aesthetic because like they're this it's just sonically i feel like it's just like the rest of it you're probably right but i'm but the but the persona and even a lot of like the, I want to say costumes, but they're just clothes. Like the costumes of this era were were very like kind of punk adjacent. Even I was yeah. thinking about it, like like they kind of like have like spiky some forty one hair or vice versa. You know, it's a, that feels like a adjacency. But I don't know. Yeah. Hmm. 
Well, I mean, Johnny, we 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 got to get into it. We got to start talking about this album. I mean, this one, this was this was wild. This one came out uh, October twenty fourth, the year two thousand. Twelve songs, thirty seven. Late birthday present for me. <laughs> Happy Halloween. Uh, Twelve <laughs> songs, thirty seven minutes and fifty two seconds. Um, so a pretty tight clip on this thing. Uh, most of these songs are are working out a pretty good clip. I, I'll be honest. I was surprised at the song length because I was just expecting them to to be longer for some reason. And when they, they were all kind of pretty short considering. Considering I would. Yeah. I mean, yes, they, they were all like, you know, in the two to four minute range. So it's like, yeah. there's not, a, there's not like a single like super long one on this album either. Um, mm-hmm. Johnny, this peaked at number two on the billboard top 200 and spent 270 weeks on the chart. Five That's, years or five, I guess, calendar year. Yeah. Could you imagine I feel like this, I mean, obviously this kind of music wouldn't chart like that now, but, but whatever today's version of this music is charting for that long, you know, like, well, that's why the new metal phenomenon is so fascinating to me because it's like, it knew it, it, it was like a flash in the pot. It shone bright for so short a time and then kind of faded out, but it, it, yeah, it, it, it's, it's one of those types of music that is such a cultural marker because you know, kind of exactly what 10-year period we, yeah. we're talking about with new metal. And, and you, you know, there are still there are still new metal bands, but it's just not it's not as popular as it was. I mean, I think Linkin Park fairly recently came out with a song. I know obviously Chester has uh, passed, mm-hmm. but I believe that they fairly recently released a song. I they, I know that they ended their like um mourning period of or hiatus period in in 2020 so it's it's possible that oh, wow. they have I've not I've not kept up with them. Um Johnny would you like to guess what they lost that number 1 spot to cuz I was like it sucks that it peaked at number 2 which was the week it came out. Um so it was the the week it came out was where it lost that spot. But I was like man 270 weeks on the chart and it never it never um never came back. So who you're asking what was number one? The week that it was number two, yeah. Wow. It's it's, it's tough, but you won't be... It, I'm excited for you to hear because you won't be satisfied with it. Oh, I mean, well, my first guess was going to be P.O.D., but I know that didn't come out until w- one year later. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's it, This was is the... It, th- it, I'm sorry? I was going to say, is it Kid Rock? No, it's the third studio album by a band called Creed. This is Weathered. <sighs> Weathered by Creed. It's the one with them, their faces carved in the tree. Wow. But but that <laughs> album only spent six weeks on the chart at all. So mm. this, yeah, it's, it, it's, it's I, I feel like a, to a certain degree at that number two after 270 weeks, they, they got ripped off with the number one spot. Their next album, Meteora, did hit number one though. So Oh, good um, for them. Yeah, this was a huge album too. It was a humongous commercial success. I I feel like, like I said, like a lot of people call this like the culmination of the new metal period, basically. Yeah, there's listening to a lot of these. There's also, I feel like I've brought them up a lot, but it, it feels very similar. This feels more like Incubus than um, like Limp Biscuit to me. Oh, okay. Yeah, I and mean, maybe Incubus is like acoustic new metal or something. <laughs> yeah, I don't think. I think like Incubus had a person that was like rapping at, at on their first yeah, album, and they had, but they had like a DJ and stuff. It, they had a DJ. I think that they the later iterations of the band maybe changed that out a little bit. Interesting. Maybe I don't remember exactly. 
it's it is kind of fascinating I, to to try to put something in a camp like this. But mm-hmm. I mean, well, yeah, for those of you who are wondering what exactly new metal is, it's kind of like an offshoot of metal that a lot of people who like metal don't claim is an offshoot of metal that has like hip hop. I think primarily yeah. is the influence. Um, but then you know, if you look at the specifics of what new metal is, it can be like influenced by some other things. But yeah, if you have like a metal sounding band with some rapping in it. And maybe like a DJ, you're probably playing in the area of new metal. I feel like rap rock was a term that was kind of tossed around then. Maybe before they came up with the term new metal. I think rap rock is different than new metal. I think that mm. they're I don't and I don't I truly don't don't ask me to be able to like pin down the fucking subtle differences between those two things because truly they're both not for me and I don't care. So I'm not gonna be the one to like research them. But I do know I do think that that new metal fans or rap rock fans would tell you that those are two separate categories. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. I, I mean, what the so. fuck do, do we know? We're only professional music critics. <laughs> <laughs> so let's use our expertise to critique this album that came out 21, 22 years ago, 21 ish years ago. Uh, so let's listen to track one, Johnny. Um, this is Paper Cut. Uh, okay, so that is a little bit of paper cut. Johnny, this is the first track on the album. What are your thoughts? I think this is like a a really solid start to the album. And it's basically, if if you don't like this song, you're not going to like the album. Yeah. So, simple as that. Yep. And and if you do, you're going to, you're in for a good time. Yeah. Now, I think that that's, I mean, you're, you're that that is like, new metal to a T though, right? Like you could probably mm-hmm. listen to the first song of any of Korn's album and Link Bis- Biscuit's album and be like, I either will like this or I will not like this because it's yep. going to be the same. This is what it's going to be for the duration of this album. Yeah. There's no yeah, misdirect totally. here. Yeah. Uh, I also didn't realize this was a single until researching for this. I Yeah. So it, it looks like it was, it was one of those later singles mm-hmm. because of how successful the album was. Um, but this is one of the ones that is more recognizable to me on the album. And I, I don't remember if it's because it was it got like radio play, like vis-a-vis being a single, or if it was like used in something. But they all kind of sound vaguely familiar to me anyway. This one, the, the chorus of this one, which I actually think is quite good, sounds more familiar to me. Yeah, sure. And and it's also the first track on the album. So if you were listening to the album at all, you're going to hear this more than you know, statistically any other song. Yeah. Now, one thing that I felt was weird about this song is that in my mind, if I was to think of like, you know, maybe I haven't heard this song in 10 years. If I was like, what's that song called? That Linkin Park song that starts their album? I'd be like, oh, I think it's called Paranoid. Because they say Paranoid like mm, 10 times in this fucking track. Mm -hmm. It's called Paper Cut, which they say zero times in this track. So... 
I was a little confused about that. I can't speak to the wisdom of calling the track paper cut other than there's already a very famous song called Paranoid. Maybe they didn't want to, maybe they wanted to write a, a song about no. being paranoid, but didn't. Sure. Yeah. I, you know what? Here's what I'll say. You want to write a song about being paranoid? You don't want to call it paranoid? That's perfectly fine. But if you want to write a song called Paper Cut, maybe say Paper Cut one time in the song. Just to give my brain something to be like, because they like do I'm say paper like, cut. Yeah. Looking over my back. Honestly, the they're look, they're they their lyrics are very surface level. They are exactly yeah. what they are. So don't tell me that you can't compromise your artistic vision by adding the word paper cut in there at some point, because you can. You just can. Uh, I, I did think the line, your paranoia is probably worse, was very funny. I don't know yeah. if it's intentionally funny or not, but it did make me chuckle. Here's the thing, Johnny. I don't know if it's intentionally funny or not. is something that I could say about a lot of stuff on this album, which makes me want to talk <laughs> about the video for, for Paper Cut. Dude, the, the, the video, the, first of all, the looks absolutely fucking yeah. unreal well i here's the thing i i don't i i don't even know if i can use this word i never use this word Uh-oh. but this is this is chuggy as fuck <laughs> yeah yeah i mean the, the this whole thing is like this whole thing is for it's a it, i mean it's it's the year 2000 it is a very very specific look you have to you watch the video for paper cut because everything in this is like I don't know. I mean, it's like it's like some of it is hot topic. There's the stu- yeah. the studded belts, and he, and he's wearing like a, a sleeveless like a, a sh- uh, it's not even really a tank top. It's like, yeah, I guess it's a tank top. Yeah, it's a tank top. It's dude. This every look in this video, I had. Yeah, of, of course. I, I I miss plaid trip pants in a big way. The plaid trip pants are are a fucking trip. Um, and then every, other people are just wearing like farmer supply like jackets that are just like jackets yeah. that are just too big. There's a lot of bending over too. They're, well, you gotta like, you're getting really into it. You yeah, you get really low when you get into it with this stuff too. Can I tell you in middle school, this I was in band, mm-hmm. and uh, a bunch of kids in in like middle school band had their own like band like actual ba- like rock bands or punk bands or whatever. Sure. And they would practice in the practice rooms before and after school. And I, at the time, thought I wanted to learn how to play guitar. And one of the kids was like, yeah, I'll teach you. A, an entire day of like him teaching me how to play guitar was teaching me how to make the strap as absolutely long as possible. Oh, yeah. So that you have to like, just the the lower you can play your guitar, the better. Oh, yeah. yeah. And um, that was all I learned. Yeah, uh, one of my bass, uh, bass teachers, I like told him I liked. I can't remember what song it was, but the it was in it was in drop D, and he was like, the only reason that they use that co- like they drop that so low is so is that they're playing their guitar so low that they can't touch the fucking bottom like whatever. That's frets. incredible. I was like, oh, okay, interesting. Uh, uh, which I oh, thought was ahead. very funny. He 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 liked to play like bass like right up on his chest, and I was like, like they don't Paul do McCartney. That. Yeah, I was like, they don't do that in punk bands. They do it low, and he was like, it doesn't fucking. Ma-. He's like, that's it, it, shut up. But when I was fourteen, I was like, you don't understand why I'm try- choosing to yeah. play the bass. It's so it can be as low as possible to the ground. <sighs> One thing that did strike me about this video, uh, it, the the quality of the film was like weirdly good. Huh. Did 
Did that stand out to you? Because nope. like most of the other videos that we've watched are like really grainy, like standard definition. And this looked like it was shot in high def to me. It, it was aside from like the the filter and the outfits, it, it it looked fairly modern, which was very weird to me. I don't know, Johnny. I mean, maybe I just didn't notice that because I was fully cringing my spine into my ass just watching uh, this video because every single aspect of it is some of the most chuggy that I've ever experienced. Yeah, I mean, they're in like a... It's a cut with like a C-rate horror film, which is just like, it's so funny because it's like... (laughs) It's very on the nose. It looks so comical now. And to be like, yeah, and they're all being so serious in the video. Like, they all look like the fucking, like, badasses. And I'm like, if you knew how funny this looked, like, would... This this aesthetic ages so poorly. (laughs) It's... I think part of the reason why it, it ages so poorly is, like, there's so much shit. Like... Yeah. The the pants are plaid and big, and they've got fucking chains and straps and you're wearing like 40 bracelets and a necklace and earring you know it's like it's It's too much it's i think you should leave season two there's too much fucking shit on me (laughs) i don't want to be around anymore if you think for one second that i didn't have a ball chain bracelet and a ball chain necklace and rings on every fucking finger you're out of your goddamn mind because i'm glad i I never did i'm glad i never had any of that stuff i'm glad i never owned fingerless gloves except for lifting weights but i Definitely wanted all of that stuff. I just mm. never owned it. And I'm glad I'm glad that someone, some parent, some responsible party said, no, no, no. Well, how about a video game? And I said, that's much, much more of my speed. Please, yes, yeah. that. No, man. I was, um, oh, I was so up in the mix with all this shit. Uh, okay, Johnny, let's talk about track two. Let's talk about One Step Closer. All right, that is a little bit of one step closer. So here's my question to you, Johnny. So, I mean, you said that you didn't feel like they were similar, but like you don't hear Limp Biscuits break stuff in this song. Yeah, they're about they're about the exact same song. You're not wrong. There's something I don't know what it is about it, and maybe it's just purely me. You Uh know. it's there's something different and that I, I can't know, put my finger on. I know it's break shit, okay, but back in my day when they played it on TV, it was break stuff. So just deal with it. <laughs> Save your emails. Yeah. Um, there, I, I, I don't know what the okay. delineation for me is, but there's there is something there where this feels, um, I want to say elevated compared to Limp Bizkit. I don't sure. know why. Yeah. Yeah, that's your, that's your call to make. Um, no Mike Shinoda rap verse on this one. 
which I was like, when I, upon listening to it, I was like, oh yeah, he doesn't really rap on this one. Um, no, he's he's is, in it, but yeah. He's in all of it, I mean, and he's very forward in it because I do think that he was like songwriting as well. Mm-hmm. Not, he was not just like the guy who raps in Lincoln Park. He was instrumental to the band. I th- I I do think throughout the album they have a very good give and take. Yes, w- with their two like very distinct styles. Well, I didn't know this until researching the album. The the band was originally without Chester, and then like they kind of found Chester or, or Chester found them through like some A&Rs who were like, you should work with this band and kind of brought Chester aboard. So considering that, I did think that their give and take, it was very much like, we love him. He's perfect for the band. And this is now the band. The band was originally called Hybrid Theory, uh, mm-hmm. but they changed the band because there was like another band that had hybrid in the name or something like that, something whatever. Like that. Um, but but yeah, I, I thought that that was very interesting. Yeah, and I th- I think that... Um... I would love to hear Chester sing other music. I want to know what that sounds like. Because I think he's got a a pretty good voice for this. Yeah, a very he, good voice for this. He had another band as well. And then I think he also like did a Stone Temple Pilots album as well, where he was the lead singer for a Stone Temple Pilots album. Whoa, is that for real? That's what I saw Holy on his Wikipedia. Shit. Yeah. And it, he said that also when he was a little kid, it was his dream to be a member of Stone Temple Pilots, and he ended up singing a Stone Temple Pilots album. That's really nice. <laughs> yeah. I think that, 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 I mean, it's like, that's very rare that you get to like live a dream like that. So that's, yeah, that's pretty well, cool. such a, such a, a, a specific, deeply specific yeah. dream. <laughs> um, it's like when I, I think it was like when John Lennon was like nine or something, he is his, uh, um, his dad like took him to a guitar store and he pointed to a guitar and he said, that's the one daddy. That's the one I'm going to play when I get to join the Beatles, <laughs> which is like <laughs> to call your shot like that, to be like, yeah, that's the, that's, the biggest band of all time. Yeah. Um, we, we didn't hear it. We were about to, but I'll tell you what that again, you said it, it all of the lyrics are very surface level. Not, not much, not much going on be- below that, but, the bridge, the shut up when I'm talking to you, absolutely iconic. Especially, yeah, to be in middle school in the year 2000, yeah, and to hear that. I mean, here's the un- thing. unreal. Here's the thing. I mean, so much of this album is full of this angst, uh, in a way that there are albums, very angsty albums, and primarily punk music that still get me fired up. That when I was listening to this, I felt completely disconnected from this kind of angst. Hmm. Shut up when I'm talking to you was was one of those things that t- now felt cringy to me. Where I was like, that, yeah, ugh, ugh. It, it, it in is... a way where I could listen to like a, a I don't know, like a Millen Collins CD from this same time period and be like, <laughs> hell yeah, fuck yeah, destroy my shit. But this this felt like ugh. maybe because a lot of that punk stuff, and also this this kind of reminds me if you took. Um, any of the depth or commentary from like Rage Against the Machine. Yeah. <laughs> um, whereas those have like a more specific point of view, even if it's as as broad as like authority, you know, whereas this is just vaguely angsty. I, I also think that the difference too between like the new metal and the punk sound aesthetic is that like punk music, I felt like were it's like whiny losers, whereas new metal were like tough guys like they were like trying yeah. to put take themselves so seriously and be fucking tough and i feel like punk bands weren't really trying to be like tough 
or pop punk bands weren't really trying mm-hmm. to be tough guys. They were like trying to be like whiny losers. Um, yeah. Which I I felt like gets more of an angst pass for me than like the tough guy angst. You know, this is a completely a subjective thing. Um, that being said, I mean, this is one of the singles of the album. I think all the singles are really fucking good. Uh, this has yeah. a great opening in it. Um, again, yeah, Chester and Mike, the thing that they do together just works really well. I mean, it just, it, they have a great back and forth, a great give and take. And even when there is no, like, actual rap verse on the on the song, you're still, like, featured. It still feels like there's two singers, you know? It, and their voices are so distinct. Yeah, very distinct. And, they're, and very complimentary, I think. A hundred percent. I mean, they found something, which is probably why this album was so successful, that worked really well between the two of them. Uh, Johnny, did you watch this video? Uh, of course I did. Again, just more wild stuff. I mean, the flying martial <laughs> artists, the like the teens hanging out in a back alley to go like look at Lincoln Park they, behind some pallets. In a spiky sewer hair. or something? In a sewer, a, sure. A big sewer. Um, the is. Let me see if this is the one. There was one. Oh, yeah, this is the one. Um this was my hair. I didn't dye it, but the hair that Chester has, the the all the, the spikes spike, all yeah. over, that was my hair. I know. I've seen and pictures a, of you wearing your like Guy Fieri shirt with the spiked yeah. hair, and it's like it's wild. But the the yeah, I'm, I, I I'm glad that I my hair was like maybe just like too thick to ever be spiked like that, and it was mm-hmm. way too dark anyway as well. So I couldn't have done that. But I'm glad I never did. I'm glad I never tried. Something else about this video that stuck out to me is Chester has tattoos on his wrists that are like flames. Did you Uh notice this? Yeah. But they are a very specific type of flame that I associate with this time period, where it's like got very thin um, kind of points. You know, it kind of comes up like a crab claw almost. Okay, yeah. You don't see flames like that anymore, but they they were big around this time. That's weird. I think to a certain degree, I have some tattoo blindness where I see tattoos and I just I read them in my brain as tattoos. I'm like, this person has tattoos, but I'm not looking very specifically at what they are, especially if they're like flames or something like that. Because I'm like, yeah, that's like a standard tattoo. And yeah, yeah. But you as a person who appreciates that art form much more, I can see why you uh, would hone in on something like that. I well, I feel like at the time, like I had shoes that had flames like that on them. It just felt like a that was the flame aesthetic of the time. You probably aren't wrong. Um, well, let's uh, let's talk about track three, Johnny. This is a little track called "With You." That is a little bit of with you, and we're ending it on uh, the on Mike Shinoda's rap. Um, but he, well, Johnny, what are your what are your thoughts on with you? Overall, this is not one of my favorite songs on the album. I think that it's I don't think that it's bad, you know, compared to anything else on the album. But I, it's not one of the stronger ones for me. But I will say. I love the pre-chorus and I love the bridge. And those are like weirdly standout moments on the whole album for me. But the rest of the song just doesn't keep up that that feeling that I get from the pre-chorus and the bridge. Yeah. I, I, 
Well, here's my thing with the bridge. They do this with this is now I'm noticing it in the album, but they do it throughout the whole album. They write like one line and they just repeat it like yeah. two times for the bridge. And sometimes that same line is like just the intro line again or something like that. Like the the other thing is in this album, they yeah, in this whole album, they reuse a lot of lines. Like they'll say like he says like when I close my eyes in this in in the in the uh, in the chorus and when I close my eyes it's like a big part of paper cut like mm-hmm. they just go it's like it's, the album already sounds very similar to every other song on it but the fact that they're reusing lyrics and just like swapping lyrics around sometimes in the track directly after it'll have like very similar lyrics and I'm like eh, it doesn't help it not sound the same it doesn't help it not like it not, it doesn't really sound distinct there are only so many vaguely angsty things that you can say. Yeah, that's the problem. That's why, That's why. I don't know, that's why, especially like even songs that are like about something in this album are like about something in a very general level. And, and I, level. I get that you may not want to be like lay yourself bare with everything, yeah. but this this is the format to do, you know, I'm like this is music. This is where people do that thing. I don't yeah. know. I, yeah. Th- this one also has kind of a weird fade out to it. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. This is not one of my favorites. Um. Okay. Well, w- then let's talk about it no longer, and let's go to track four. This is points of authority. He's got an absolutely fantastic voice for this. Yeah, I mean, 100%. He, this is his format. Like, he found the right music. Here we go. Here's some... Here's some, like, shit out I, I found when I was when I was listening to this when I was listening to this song specifically that I was like it's where I landed on the thing where I love what Mike and Chester are doing together. I think mm-hmm. it sounds so good. I don't think any of the words that they are saying sound good at all. Like I think that they're I, that bridge that Mike Shinoda bridge. When I first heard it, I was like, "Yeah, I remember this." And then I was like, "What is he saying? Nothing. He's literally saying nothing." And I'm like, "The one thing that I just don't like." is when someone raps something and says nothing when they rap. Because it's like, why did I just listen to that? Like, it, it's it, the words are the whole fucking format. Yeah, it feels like it... Because it, rapping is like poetry, and if you're not going to say anything, like, don't do it. He, here's what it's not. It's not rhyming. And what this is, is mm-hmm. it's rhyming. He says, forfeit the game before somebody else takes you out of the frame and puts your name to shame. Cover up your face, you can't run the race. The pace is too fast. You just won't last. And I'm like, mm-hmm. that's certainly rhyming. I, I will not debate. I will not debate anyone on that front. That is rhyming. But I just like don't Dr. know what. Seuss rap. Or something. Yeah, I just don't know what it's about. Yeah, the, I mean, this is this is maybe not that spe- specific part, but this song is one of the ones that's like about something. Yeah. Um. But yeah, still very, very, very. It's like vaguely about a toxic relationship. Yeah, and again, the the bridge doesn't 
like I said, the, the we don't have to talk about the bridge forever. But the bridge is it's that same you know four lines repeated twice, but it doesn't really further what the song is about. It just feels like. It it kind of feels like someone wrote a song and then someone else is like, I'd love to rap on that song. And they're like, yeah, go for it. And he's like, rap, 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 rap about a song. Song, rap, 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 song, rap. And you're like, oh, okay. I thought you were going to rap more about like what the song was about, like to inspire that. But whatever. whatever. It's it's quibbly. I still think the song sounds good. Yeah, it's it's a good song. It's got a good good sound to it. But the... The more I dwelled on the lyrics and fa- the fact that I was like, oh, they just, they're just repeating bad lyrics over again. There's not a lot written mm-hmm. in this song. This song is lyrically, there's not a lot going on. No, you can't, you can't dwell. You just got to. You have to move on. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, Johnny, let's move on then to, I, this got to be one of the biggest songs on the album. Uh, this is track five. This is Crawling. That is a little bit of crawling. This song won the Grammy for Best Hard Rock Performance in 2002 as well. I don't understand how the Grammys... I don't understand anything about the Grammys. How a song that came out two years before could win for a performance. There's performance, there's album, there's record, there's song. Who knows? Who knows? Good for them, though. Yeah, great. This song is an unstoppable force to this day. It fucking rules. Yeah, I mean, it's no cure for my itch. Uh, cure for the itch. <laughs> picking a random other song of the album. Um, I, yeah, I mean, to me, this is just it's just the standout best song of the album, right? It's it's the one that really just like sticks with you from the album. Yeah, it, 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 to me, I I was kind of at a loss making notes because this is one of those songs that is like so big. You know, I feel like I would have a similar problem for like a baby one more time or something like that. Yeah, where it's like, yeah. what do you even say about a song that was like this big? It whips well, ass. Well, it whips ass. And again, it's, it's, it's a very technically really well done execution of what this band does. Well, the, the pre-chorus here uh, to find myself again, my walls are closing in is what Chester sings. And then Mike comes in with the rap that Chester finishes off at the end with, I felt this way before. So insecure. The give and take there is fantastic. And this yeah. song, unlike some of the other songs, is, uh, I don't want to say lighter on the instruments, but the instruments, I feel like, it's 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 like a slower tempo and they take more of a background. There's that fun, like, do 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 like piano mm-hmm. going on throughout. And it's more of like a, and it's not really ballady, but it's like, it's not, it doesn't go as hard as the rest of the songs to its credit in a really, really, really cool way. And the times when it goes hardest is the chorus with yeah. the like, yeah. and then you get into the chorus and then it, it pulls back. It's got a great give and take between Chester and Mike and also between the two of them and 
the music. You know, it seems like everyone is trading off really well. And, and, at, and at like three and a half minutes, it's also like the perfect length for a, a song. Like it's just a yeah. I mean, it's it's no surprise that this album rocketed to the success that it had with a like a track like crawling on it just because it is it's such a it's such a good track especially for highlighting everything that this band does really well i would say yeah um okay let's talk about track six johnny this is a song called runaway a little bit of Runaway. Uh, this song actually... This song actually written by uh, Mark Wakefield um, from the previous project, uh, which was, I think, the project before Hybrid Theory that most of the band was in. So he gets writing credit on this with Linkin Park. Um, but obviously, you know, that's Chester singing. It's not Mark Wakefield mm-hmm. singing. I didn't know that. Yeah, there's two on the album, uh, "Runaway" and there's one more. I can't remember what it was, but yeah, that that were that were written um, by by the, the, a former guy from a different band, basically. Hmm. Uh, th- this, you know, kind of going back to what you said before, where they will kind of pick a line and repeat it as yeah. the bridge or whatever. Um, same here. For you know, there's not a lot of, I guess the yeah, there's not a lot of words here. Um, but I will say it never feels, at least to me, like we're sitting in any one of those things for too long. Um, even if it does get like repetitive, yeah. yeah, right when you're like, okay, you've said this a few times, they're like on to the next thing. Um, that's all. Yeah, all the songs are short. Like all the songs are the exact. They're not even short. They're the exact right length for us that they should be. Like they're yeah. they're purposefully, you know, correct. Yeah, they're correct. Really. So. Um, <laughs> Yeah, this one, when I found out that it was written by someone else, like pre-Linkin Park, you know, there's no, there's not really like a lot of like Mike Shinoda rapping on this one either. And and I, I felt like I was, I started to feel, you know, a couple of things to the album, the repetitiveness of the album, but also the songs that I like are the ones that blend Mike and Chester really well. And the songs yeah. that don't tend to capture me as much are the ones that are, not, I have nothing wrong with the way Chester sings it. It's just like, it felt um it didn't feel as interesting to me. You I mean when you eat an Oreo, you're getting some cookie or getting some cream. Unless you're you probably fucking eat just the you scrape the cream off and just eat the cookies. I'm getting shit. three things when I eat the Oreo. I'm getting the cookie, I'm getting the cream, I'm getting yelled at. Because I said I was going into the kitchen to put the dishes away. And I was, but did I also open the Oreos? Now, the thing is, you can hear the fucking package from the living room, mm-hmm. so you know I opened the Oreos. So why yell at me for it? Why am I on trial here? If I can you bring you one, one. If you want one, I'll bring you one. I'm not eating it in the kitchen to hide it. 
I'm simply doing it out of convenience. That's, that's where the Oreos live. Why would I walk all the way back to another room and then eat the Oreo? I'll mm-hmm. just eat it here, standing over the sink, so the crumbs go in the sink. I'm not a monster. Man, I... Ooh, it's been a minute since I've had an Oreo. Yeah, we can't have them in the house. I, I would... I <laughs> could... I could easily eat an entire package of Oreos. I, I bought like a family size Oreo because I was having like friends over for board games. I don't know, this like a, a couple months ago. And I think people had like four. And then we had the fucking family size package of Oreos in the house. And there's two of us. And I said, this can't happen. We can't do this. Whenever I am anywhere that has any sort of snacks, whether it's chips or cookies or anything, I get embarrassed <laughs> because of how much more of the snack I eat than anyone else. I'm. <sighs> It's it's embarrassing. I don't care. I'm an adult. I'll eat the snacks. I don't give a shit. I'll eat you, the snacks, and I don't have to feel anything for it. You say that you you haven't been around me when we've had real real deal snacks. I, I tell you, I'm not a snacker, and I, so I never buy them because I I will like I will snack on things, but I just won't purchase them because I don't want them in my house. But when friends come over, when friends come over and I buy snacks, I now that they're here, I will eat them. And I just it's it's a part of myself that I don't need to confront. I am a snacker, which is why we don't have them in the house. Yeah. And it's also it's a huge problem because I love to bake. Uh, and then yeah, I've got all problem. these fucking baked goods in my house. Well, don't bring them over here, Johnny. I, I, I can't do it. I can't go back to that life. I won't go back to that life. Let's talk about track seven. Track seven is a song called By Myself. Which is how I prefer to eat my Oreos. All right, that is a little bit of By Myself. Uh, Johnny, what are your thoughts on By Myself? I, I do like on this one in the chorus, they're literally finishing each other's yeah. lines. I think that's that's great. Yeah, the, the the choruses I feel like are really good on this album specifically because that tends to be the spot in the album where they both collaborate the mm-hmm. most uh, vocally, um, which is which is cool to hear. You got a band with two singers. I, I want to hear both singers, right? Yeah. Um. But I mean, by myself, is also a song like I feel like I've already listened to on this album because they're all kind of at this point about the exact same thing. Uh, like, run, by myself, kind of feels, in a way, like the follow up to Runaway. Yeah, like, I've already ran away and now I'm by myself. You know. <laughs> um. Yeah. Th- this is another one where like, it's um. They're doing exactly what they set out to do, but it's not one of the more memorable tracks. Well, let's talk about one of the more memorable tracks, Johnny, because we got track eight coming up on deck. This is a little song called In the End.
That's a little bit of in the end. Um, I also watched a video, Johnny, of uh, Mike Shidota playing this song in 2018 at like a big outdoor uh, concert, um, which was the year after Chester died. Wow. And he's singing, he's playing the song, just him, massive crowd. He's playing this song and the crowd is singing Chester's parts like back to him. And it was, it was very, I mean, he, he was also like, Mike Shidota had like a big smile on his face. Like it was like, it wasn't like a sad thing it was very yeah. it was very like joyous and i i it was very cool it was a very that's, that's cool. a very cool thing to watch not to jump the gun but i watched a little video too and that's i watched official, it as well the, <laughs> the official music video i guess to talk about the song briefly it it's fantastic whips ass it's also wild that it's the last single yeah yeah it, it uh I, I mean, this this also kind of feels like it could have been, and there is a world where this could have been the last track of the album too. Oh yeah, um, especially the way it ends. With yeah, the, yeah, totally. And, and it's just such a powerful song, and it's it, I mean, it's got it's also just one of their most well known songs. The, the, if I had never picked up this album, I would have heard this song a thousand times just yeah. because it was all over the fucking place. And again, yeah. it's it's the best elements of Lincoln Park. It's 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 got everything wrapped up into this like one uh, tight, concise package. And it's funny because crawling and in the end, I feel like are both like a little more. I don't not like downbeat, but they're just a little like the. It, it's, they feel like slower a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, but they're more you know, thoughtful, they're, maybe. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And they're so they're so fucking good. They're just both so fucking good. The the video is incredible this was the only video that i had that i like remembered from back in the day i definitely remember the crawling one with like the girl who's you know they're they're playing like from inside of the mirror i remember that Mm. from like trl days um but i remember this one as well and i gotta say uh the graphics on this one it's challenging they were cutting art or cutting edge for the year 2000 but they did not age well it's it's like they're they're the visuals are across, but not the quality of the visuals, but the visual style is like yeah. a cross between the beginning of the Fifth Element and yeah. Jabba's Palace. That's so that's so <laughs> yes, I mean yeah, that's one hundred percent correct. It's it's so bizarre. And, and there at, are, at one point in the radio when it or the radio at one point in the video when it turns dark and it starts raining, I'm like, well, yeah, of course, because what else could you have done? Yeah, it's I. Can, I mean, I can't even describe what's happening. There, no, it, it, I, let's not. <laughs> yeah, you can't. You can't. I did, Johnny. I did watch this video, and then I watched the Mike Shinoda video in front of the crowd, and I was like, that was a way. It was like a palate cleanser from watching this video. <laughs> the green yeah, screen is, effect. It's just also. It's just so weird. And they're they're both in like weird, like, I mean, essentially like prison jumpsuits. I, yeah, I mean, Johnny, or like here, full Dickies like workwear or whatever. Do you think that in twenty years people are going to watch the um, Lil Nas X uh, uh, Montero video and be like, "This looks like the fucking end the end Lincoln Park video," just because of how advanced things will be at that point? Yeah, we'll know. We'll have the real devil by then. <laughs> 
Uh, it, Chester, by the way, his shirt, he's got one button at the top. Do you remember that that's, look? Oh, one, that only is, one button on like a Dickie shirt. Oh, my that's God. That's an incredible look. Yeah. <sighs> and, there, and then take me, it, take me back. We get these boys sopping wet. That's that's the best. <laughs> Mike has like just the front of his hair dyed. Like I know. red. I know. And, they're, and they, the, their guitarist is always wearing like huge headphones. He's got well. He's got a hair. He's got a hair. They don't. He's they can't. You can't bring amps in that much wet. They, and they've got like the earrings that aren't. They're not like full pl- plugs. They're just like a, a a large gauge earring. I love. I, ooh, yeah, I love but they're that like look. they're not like big. They're not like gauges. You know, it's like yeah, but right. they are. But not yeah. Uh, by the way, I, I did see Mike Shinoda's uh, ears from 2018, and they're not gauged at all anymore. So. You know. Did you know I, I used to have my ears gauged? I did, yeah. I pretty often think, should I do that again? Johnny, you should do whatever you want. <laughs> I don't know what I want, and that's the problem. I encourage you to do anything to your physical appearance that will make you look more comical, because I don't have to be you. <laughs> yeah, that is true. Um, <sighs> anyway, 700 patrons, and I'll get a Lincoln Park tattoo. <laughs> All right, before you make any other ridiculous promises, let's listen to track nine. This is A Place for My Head. I watch how the moon sits in the sky on a dark night, shining from the light from the sun. The sun doesn't give the light to the moon, assuming the moon's going to bow in one. It makes me think of putting back for me. You do favors there rapidly. You just turn around and start asking me about things that you want back for me. I'm sick of the tension, sick of the hunger, sick of you acting like I'm over this. Find another place to feed your reef while I find a place to rest. Little, little whispers. Uh, all right, that's a little bit of a place for my head. Um, I'll be honest. When the when the interlude like has the little whispers in it, I was like, nope, nope, no, 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 not for me, not for me. This has always been my favorite track on this album. The other note that I wrote is, and then they come in with the screaming. Pass. Dang. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, not, obviously, not like me. in the end, crawling. Those are. I think better tracks, but this has always been my favorite. I love the I love the guitar in this. I think it's really fun. Um, I don't know. I love it. Yeah the 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 interlude in, in the bridge, I, I, the, the the interlude and the bridge are like the exact same in this. This is mm-hmm. the point in the album where I was like, I don't know that they need bridges. They don't know what to do with them. They're mm-hmm. they're doing nothing with them. Like. Don't even put them in your songs. Like you don't, you can pick your song structure. You don't even need to have the bridges. But the interlude is you try to take the best of me, go away, and it's like whispered. The whisper, yeah. Uh, into the bridge, which is you try to take the best of me, go away, and it's just I w- I was laughing so hard at that because again, twenty two years later, it's just cringy. It's just it just feels so cringy. Like just to say go away, it's like you try to take the best of me and then like just go away. Yeah. What what is the what is the uh god isn't that is that um no it's 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 Schmeagle. It's Schmeagle from Lord of the Rings, like leave and never come back. And he's like yelling at himself <laughs> in the pool in the moonlight. Like that's what it made me think. Like he's like little Schmeagle on the rock, like whispering, go away. And it's like who are you talking to? Man? I don't know. Anyway, uh that's that's me taking down Johnny's favorite song of the album. That's fine. Hey, 
I th- I feel like after this episode, there's gonna be a lot to take me down <laughs> over. So. <laughs> Uh, okay, well, Johnny, let's talk about track 10. This is uh, Forgotten from the beginning. From the top to the bottom, I'm the top, I stop. At the core, I forgot, in the middle of my thoughts. Take it far from the safety, the picture's I also feel like I also feel like like rust and dust and stuff are, are things he's like talking he's talking about a ton in this album. It's just they, they're just like certain words that I'm like, you're really using those words like multiple times in this album. Um, th- this one was another song. Uh, from the Mark Wakefield era. So this was like an, an older song that was kind of, you know, repurposed. I, I couldn't find this out. Johnny, was this one in like a Tony Hawk or something? Was w- w- I couldn't find it. I tried to f- figure it out. This song sounded know. so familiar to me, and I didn't think it was familiar from this album. I thought it was in some other thing, like a video game or something. I I don't remember it in a video game, but this is easily this is the exact type of song that would be on Tony Hawk because yeah. it's like a not single from a a very popular band. Yeah, right. Like it, that that in my mind, but it, it just that from the top to the bottom, bottom to top, I stop at the core. I forgot in the middle of my thoughts. Like that that part felt very familiar to me. I'll be honest. I was starting to get some fatigue in this album and then this song came on and it starts so strong. I'm glad that you it, picked yeah. a, a beginning timestamp for this that I was, I was getting re-energized by this one. It, it's a, it's a solid track. This, I mean, it does. I, I can imagine doing kickflips and shit while this song is playing. Yeah. Uh, th- this again, I, I gotta say, this is another one where I'm like, man, do we need the bridge? Like the bridge is the mm. same thing like eight times. And it's just like, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. The the bridges in this album. Uh, this unlike, is a longer bridge. Yeah. Too. Yeah. I mean, it, truly, it's just, yeah. It is a longer bridge. Johnny, are you ready to talk about track 11? Oh, hell yeah. This is Cure for the Itch. All right now. Wasn't that fun? Let's try something else. Yeah, that's right. There's an all-instrumental track on this album, and I gotta say, it's, it's slotted in the perfect spot. Track 11, this is exactly where you put this track. Yeah, I, th- I think this is great, and this is a great this is a great spot for... It's a great highlight for the DJ, too. Oh, yeah. Like, because, you know, he's kind of in the... Not in the background, but he's not doing this stuff. And it's fun to just give him a track. He's not as present as like the people that you'd expect in the band of like, you know, drums and guitar, you know, Mm -hmm. where it's like very noticeable. So yeah, it's, it is, it is cool. Their DJ's name is Mr. Han. And it is cool to have like this kind of like 
intro track to Mr. Han. This is their debut album too, right? So it's like, yeah. and I, I did read like Mike Shinoda was talking about this and he was saying like, they got, they did exactly what they wanted with the song. He was really proud of the way it came together. They wanted to put this on the album and then it came out on the album. And I'm like, yeah, it's great. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it is a, it's a, it is in the perfect spot. It's a nice kind of like, um, co- like cool down before the, the denouement of the album. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah. It, I mean, it's, it, it's great. You couldn't have put this at like track two. It wouldn't make any mm-hmm. fucking sense. Mm-hmm. And it's, yeah, it's, I, I, I liked this track a lot. I was, I did not remember it. So I was really surprised when it came up on the album and I was like, oh yeah, they did throw a little instrumental on here. I, I love that. Um, the little piano. I love that. Yeah. Um, and I think that that was like, it sounded like it was in part orchestrated um, with Mike Shinoda as well. So I'm not, I think that it was like, it sounded like they collaborated him and Mr. Han uh, collaborated mm-hmm. to put this one together. Um, okay. Well, let's talk about track uh, 12. Uh, this is pushing me away. All right, that is a little bit of Pushing Me Away. Uh, final track on the album. Johnny, what are your thoughts on Pushing Me Away? I think it's a solid final track. Again, not one of the more memorable ones, but it's also not one of the least memorable ones, you know? No, and it's definitely an ending track, too. It's slotted yeah. in in the exact right place. Um, yeah, again, I, I completely agree. I, I don't think it's one of the more memorable ones, but it's it's not bad. It's fine. It's 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 a... It's a good it's a good track for the end of the album, I think. Yeah, totally. Especially coming off of Cure for the Itch. Yeah, exactly. The, the album ends in a... Like, the, the album, in my opinion, could have been resequenced to end within the end, you know? And, and maybe it would have been only been like a 10-track album in that instance, but mm. I... I I, pushing me away is perfectly fine. I think it's. It, it, I think it's worth it to get Cure for the Itch on there as well because totally. I don't think that that would have really slotted in well with a ten track album. Mm-hmm. I agree. Um, okay, well that's it. That's the album. Like I said, it's you know thirty seven minutes, uh, twelve songs. It, it it does it does work at a pretty good clip. Uh, Johnny, would you like to give your summation and then do you recommend this album? Where would you put it on your Billboard top one hundred albums of all time? So here's the thing. First of all, I mean, I absolutely f- fucking loved this album uh, when it came out. Of course. I think, I think like, I, I don't, I would, I don't know if I would recommend it simply because like, I don't know if it is good. Um, 
It is good to me. I like this album. I would recommend it. You suffer from terminal nostalgia, and you don't know if your nostalgia is coloring your decision to recommend this album to people. Right. Well, and it's and it's not even yes. It's it's that it's that because it's the same thing. I think about like a show like The Office. I enjoyed The Office. I think if someone were to start watching The Office today, they would fucking hate it, (laughs) and that that totally makes sense to me. Sure. And I think this is the same. If you had never heard this album before and you put it on now in 2022 for the first time, it's dog shit. It's absolute dog shit. That being said, I fucking love it. Is 30 open? (laughs) Is 30 open? Johnny, 30 is wide open. (laughs) Not anymore, baby. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what, how much I loved this album. I listened to it a bunch. I've listened to it fairly recently when we moved into this place jessica and i were hanging pictures and shit we listened to this and meteor we were like fuck yeah this rules when i was prepping for this i listened to it over and over again i listened to reanimation a bunch which we didn't even talk about at all (laughs) no we didn't talk about it at all (laughs) they released an album that was all remixes of tracks from this album yeah that is fantastic it's a it's a fantastic album of remixes it's great i there's a non-zero chance i buy the 20th anniversary like three disc lp set yeah, um, I was reading about that. That I mean, that they're, they're uh, Johnny. I would put that at a hundred percent likely that you would buy that uh, three disc set. And here's the thing: it's only fifty bucks. You're getting the album and reanimation. That's that's two that's albums. price of admission right there. <laughs> um, yeah, this album absolutely whips ass. It f- for me, someone who loved it, I totally get how a lot of it is like. I mean, you said chuggy especially mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. videos jesus mm-hmm. um but hey i can't i you know we eat what we like baby and that's and i true. like this album yeah i mean it, nobody goes to mcdonald's because it's nourishing right <laughs> yeah yeah exactly uh this this here's what i will say about this the i think what we said at the beginning of the show is exactly correct would I recommend it? I recommend that you listen to Paper Cut. And if that seems like it is your jam, mm-hmm. finish the album. Because if it does not, I, I'll be honest, you're not going to get anything. You're not going to get anything much <laughs> different from Paper Cut on this thing. Uh, and and you can save yourself, you know, 34 more minutes of your life and, and you don't have to you don't have to listen to it. My experience with this album, Johnny, I found it very difficult to listen to. I tried I mean, we, we've actually had longer than we usually have uh, with these albums to listen to this album. I tried a lot of times to get into this album and I would get a few tracks in and be like, I would be, again, cringing my spine into my asshole because of how, like, just kind of like, it, it, what I realized, I listened to this album, the more I listened to it, the more I was like, okay, it is like, it just is this thing. You have to like mm-hmm. come at it from what it is. And it is new metal. And if you are, and it is, I'm sorry to say, Johnny, it is new metal, like Lip Biscuit oh. is new metal. And if yeah. you are not a new metal fan, it's going to be hard to listen to this. Because I did love the singles. I still do love the singles, right? I could listen to Crawling or In the End ad nauseum. They're, they're, those songs just feel like they're a part of me. But the rest of the album that I didn't listen to in that same way definitely does not feel like a part of me. And it feels like a part of me, if it ever was a part of me, that I'm like, oh, good. This would be a part of me that I really don't need to like, yeah, that happened. But like, we don't have to bring the picture album out at every Christmas, right? Like people can see the pictures once and then they understand that I did go through that phase and we don't need to. 
The album should be digitized because put it in a computer where no one can just grab it off the shelf and find the picture, right? Make it an NFT. Make it an NFT. Um, you know, so you're gonna you're gonna put this in like the 70s or 80s, then? <laughs> yeah, I mean, right, right beyond uh, uh, autobiography by Ashley Simpson. Um, so yeah, so this one is. I, I'm gonna say it's not going on my top 100, and I'll I'll go on the record right now, Johnny. I will be shocked, surprised, and horrified if I put any new metal on my top 100. I'm sorry if you're a new metal fan and you're a listener to this show and you think, oh man, new metal, it's still good. Sure, I guess, for you, but for me, it's not, and I don't want to listen to it. Uh, and the more I listened to this album, the more I found like myself talking myself down and being like, yeah, this is fine, this is okay, but I just kept coming back to the fact that I didn't want to listen to it. That That is, <laughs> I think all of that is completely, completely valid. <laughs> Uh, God, I, but what, the other thing that I thought is I was like, I was trying to think of a more polarizing type of music than new metal. I, I like even like, cause new metal was so specific. It was this it, 10 year chunk. Cause even if I was like saying country, it's like, okay, but like guaranteed I'm going to find some country that you like. Cause there's a yeah. lot of different types of country. New metal is too, it's too specific. It's, it's too specific. It's, it's so specific. There, there's yeah yeah because I, I, I'll, I'll i won't say that i'll never like a metal song and i'll won't say or a metal album i will never like a hip-hop album but if if you're like trying to combine them in this weird way it's just it, maybe it, that's just not for me and that's fine we'll find a new metal album for you how you feel about skindred <laughs> i by the way we can do as many new metal albums as we oh. want on the show i'd love to do a lit biscuit album Dude. i'm just saying it's probably not going to my top 100 i could call it now you'd be surprised i bet you... what if chocolate starfish and the I, I i here's the thing i haven't listened to one of those albums in 20 years so if it wasn't my top 100 i've wasted 20 years where i could have just been listening to that music nonstop. there's a weird part of me that's like I I can't think of any right now, but I'm like maybe Corn has some like decent lyrics. What, whatever know. you think of the sound, I could I could see them being a little more thoughtful. I, maybe I I I'll be honest. I just don't know enough about Corn, and this is not an invitation to teach me about Corn because I could learn. I I have all the information. I have all the time in the world. I choose not to spend my time learning about Corn. Well, that's until I pick. A corn album for the show. Unfortunately, there's no vetoes here. So if Johnny picks a corn album, the only way that we wouldn't do it is if we'd already done that album on the show. We'd be like, no, we're not gonna do, we're not gonna redo a corn album on the show. We've we have a very limited amount of episodes that we can do. We're not gonna do one corn album twice. Although Unless... maybe. <laughs> hey, when Taylor Swift starts putting out corn albums, corn. we'll start doing corn albums <laughs> twice. If Taylor Swift freak on a leash Taylor's version. If Taylor Swift starts re-releasing Corn's music just so she can have it as her part of her catalog, I will do as many Corn albums as you want to do. I will. Yeah, yeah. I would do freak on a leash Taylor's version for that sounds sure. Awesome. <sighs> uh, all right. Well, uh, Johnny, anything that you got to plug? Yeah, I'm going to be on a show called Hey Riddle Riddle. Uh, yeah. That episode comes out Wednesday. Wednesday. Yeah, and so, two, two days from now, Johnny on Hayward or Riddle. How about that? Wow. Uh, I'm excited. I have not yet recorded it as we are speaking now. I'm 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 genuinely very excited to to be on. 
It's also part of our um, – it's part of our like – we have basically three weeks on Hayward and Riddle where we're like plugging our side projects. And it all started because um, Matt Young uh, from Magic Tavern had never done Hayward or Riddle. He's going to do the show. And then Aaron's got a new podcast and she was like, oh, I'd love to have someone on to do – from my podcast to do the show. Um, and she's having her friend Elizabeth Andrews on, on Hayward or Riddle. And then I was like – I guess I should probably ask Johnny if he wants to do this show. <laughs> I was like, I guess I just never thought about it. I was like, yes. Yeah. So, and I asked Johnny. Johnny was like, yeah, I'd love to do this show. <laughs> so yeah. apologies. It's taken so long. Well, I've had hey, the power the entire time. Thanks for barely thinking of me. <laughs> well, Adel's got no excuse because I was the one that reached out to Matt Young. So... <laughs> <laughs> Well, he should have reached out to me. <laughs> Matt Young should have reached out to you. <laughs> That's true, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so anyway, listen to, uh, if you don't already, listen to Hayward of Riddle on Wednesday, and you'll get to hear no, Johnny's voice. No, they don't voice. need it. No, it's the crossover everyone's begging for. And if you like the show, we do episodes in the off week. They're available uh, at our Patreon, patreon.com slash Pod. $1 a month. You give us $1 a month and you get a couple extra episodes a month. It's the best deal in town. Um, and we promise Unless we you don't do... like the show. And then... Unless you hate the show. <laughs> It's not a good deal. It's a terrible deal. It's actually, honestly, not a bad deal, even if you don't like the show. It's still a pretty good... A deal's a deal, right? Nobody goes to McDonald's for the deals. Uh, That's not true. People love the deals there. That dollar menu? Dollar menu there? Come on. (laughs) Anyway, with all of that out of the way, we tip our... What do new metal people wear as hats? I'm just going to say spiky but, hair. No, Limp, Mr. Limp Biscuit himself, Jacksonville, Florida's That's own so Fred true. Durst, That's wears so the true. red hat. We well yeah, but the red hat that's you can't, something. I know. They can't, you can't really wear the red hat anymore. I'm going to stick with spiky hair. We tip our spike. Oh, Johnny, it's a it's a it's specific. It's a uh, like the a baseball cap, but one that is like flex fit. You know, it doesn't have yeah. the snaps. That's what you wear. We it's like a fitted cap, right? We it's a we tip our fitted flex fit red hat with the bend in it. It's not a mega. Yeah, oh, you gotta bend it. You, you gotta to, bend it. You have to bend it. It's it's in the area where you bend the hat. It is not. Mm-hmm. We cannot stress this enough. It is not a mega hat to you and wish you a fond farewell. Tonight we're hanging with the boys. Yeah, we're going out. We got the bill bucks. Getting stupid and feeling proud. Jingle, 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 Johnny O'Mara, hands up for them real ones, them good girls, them bill buds.